For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. I only think that Josh Sargent should be the number nine. My biggest concern is that Mexico does tend to make those little mistakes defensively. But it's the inconsistencies. With the Where's thing the mistake consistent, though? He's going to well, be on the ground for the majority the, of the time. No, look back at highlights. That, no, that's, if that's you the have Christian Pulisic treatment, though. Same. We're going to have to stop this. We're going to start arguing on this podcast, aren't we? Hello, hello. Happy New Year, and welcome back to another episode of the Real Football Show. I am Lizzie Vetrano, U.S. Editor over at 90 Min, and I'm very, very happy to be back here with co-host Gino Canelo. How are you? Good. How are you? How was your holiday? We haven't spoken in a while. It's been uh, we haven't been on the podcast in last week. Obviously, with the holidays and whatnot, uh, we were all off. So, everything been good with you? I mean, the the holiday season gave us a little bit of time to uh, recuperate before the League MX season starts. All great. Celebrated New Year's in Miami. Fireworks in the water. All the stuff. All the great stuff. All but, good yeah. things. All, All good, good things. things. Just preparing yeah. for Liga MX and MLS, League's Cup. Contract. All the good stuff. Everything. I mean, we got the new year is starting with a bang. We've got a lot of, I mean, just so much stuff coming, All you know, stuff. coming at us. Uh, you know, obviously, you know, over in Europe, overseas, you know, seasons have already started up again. For us transfer here, windows and, are open. yep, transfer windows are open over here in America and in Mexico and in North America. We're getting ready for the seasons, so it's a good time. Uh, like I said, we got a little bit of a break, a little bit of a breather, and after the World Cup, and now we're gonna get right back into it. We're doing everything, um, but before we get into our weekly recaps doing and covering all North American soccer, we decided to do a Liga MX Explained episode where we get into the deep details of Liga MX, the format, the teams, the history, the players, everything you need to know. And we're going to be wrapping that up with Gino telling us his Liga MX favorite now and his future (laughs) team. So to kick off, format. And rules. It's not like your typical league. There is two tournaments per football year. So it starts with the Apertura in the fall, which kicks off the traditional football season in Europe, and then closes off with the Clausura. So those are two tournaments. The Clausura obviously is now kicking off on January 6th, and that will culminate in April before heading into playoffs. Each. So technically, just so we're clear here with all the uh, people who are getting into Liga MX like myself, technically we're like kind of halfway through the season. Like it, it, yes. it, the the longer two tournament season, we're at the midway point. They've yes. already had the first tournament. Why don't you catch us up on who, how did the first half go? So we it know. It worked really well for my team, Club America. They ended the table in first and went into playoffs. 
little bit chaotic. So we know that the final was obviously Toluca Pachuca and Pachuca ended up winning. Congratulations to them. They had a couple um, Mexican national team figures, which were phenomenal. They have Luis Chavez, Kevin Alvarez. It was absolutely great to see. Not so much um, the favorites going into it, definitely an underdog style. I think given how the season went, Club America broke several records in their victories, their margins. They defeated Cruz Azul 7-0, which was a phenomenal game to watch and pre-Gino watching Diego Mekis era. So yes. that was fun. Pre. They definitely- <laughs> it's new times now. New, new times, times, baby. We got a new they got a new fan. I'm ready. We're not we're not losing 7-0 ever again. Ever. ever. Again. You should hope so. But yeah, so Pachuca ended up the champions of that tournament. And now we head into a brand new competition with absolutely nothing to leave behind. So, so yeah, so just to clarify, the only thing that comes from that last tournament is the winner will now play the winner of this next tournament at the conclusion of everything. Exactly. Before so, the next season starts or at the end of this season? Like, is it going to be like, like the let's say like the community shield where it's played like right before the opportunity starts next fall or is it played right yeah. after the class sort of ends this no year? it's right before so there's one month of june between the upper the clausura and following apertura gotcha. so it'll likely be played then and it'll be the champion of the apertura and the champion of the clausura facing off in a tournament or competition they call campeon de campeones there now beyond obviously getting a spot in that tournament, you also get a chance to go to the CONCACAF Champions League. So we can head into that obviously later, but those who qualify to the CONCACAF Champions League are the champions of the Apertura, the champions of the Clausura, and the two runner-ups from that. Gotcha. So, But, you know, this season now, the Clausura wiped clean slate. Clean slate. Nothing. Into it in- how how likely is it, or how often, I guess, does it happen that the team that wins the Apertura then also wins the Clausura? Um, is not, that a likely thing to happen? Not as likely. Obviously, it was made more popular with Atlas, who broke a couple seasons ago, broke mm. their seventy-year winless streak, um, and then did so back to back, but. Unless you're a Club America, Chivas, it's it's not as likely to see in these shorter tournaments to see consistent champions. And I think that's the magic of Liga MX, where it truly is chaos. And these shorter tournaments give way for magical things to happen and for the underdogs to come out on top rather than these 34-week formats where you really have to stay consistent. Yeah, I mean, I think it's interesting, right? Because that's what we're used to. We're used right. to a full long season where maybe not in the MLS as much, but in Europe uh, where it's 30, what I mean, in the Premier League, it's 38 rounds, right? Mm-hmm. Because you had to play each team twice, each 19 teams twice. And we're used to those long, like grinding seasons that go from August all the way through, like all the way through the middle of May. And here, this not is here. much different than that. Yeah. But you would think still that, you know, I, I honestly, the way we I would think about it would be more, oh, well, if they're good in the fall, then they would also be good in the spring. 
but that doesn't well, seem to be the case most of the you time. You also have to remember there's a transfer window in between the two seasons. So, for example, we have Puebla right now who's sold half their team and Santos Laguna who's seen a couple of their figures mm-hmm. transferred over to other teams. So there's a lot of... It, Is there a lot of overturn often in between the two, the Apertura and the Clausura? Yeah, you you definitely see a lot of changes. Um, I think especially this year with the World Cup year, you saw mm-hmm. Cesar Montes obviously go to La Liga. Memo Choa has since obviously departed to Serie A. Um, and then a lot of inner... Giga Mekis exchanges. So yeah. so you're not basically, you're basically not seeing a lot of these teams aren't the same team that exactly play. Exactly. Okay, gotcha. You see a lot of overturn, um, Interesting. which obviously does not enable teams to consistently dominate throughout. Yeah. Which is a good thing. I think it's a good thing and a bad thing, right? Cause it's good that there's parity across the league, but I think the bad thing is it of it is you don't get to, I guess, see your favorite players on your team for an extended period of time. If you're a fan of one of the, I guess, lower level teams, like a, or a team like Santos Laguna, who consistently, consistently gets torn apart. Yeah. Like yeah, consistently puts out those young players who then get picked up by the bigger teams. Yeah. But it does. I mean, the shorter tournaments do allow for Santos to thrive yeah. for one of them. And then obviously the second turn out the other way, but so these tournaments are 17 weeks, so 17 regular season games yep. before we head into the playoffs. Now, the top four teams from the regular season head directly into the quarterfinals, while teams 5 through 12 then have to play a knockout match to then qualify to the playoffs. So that knockout match, it's called Repechaje, and then we head into Liguilla, which is the Liga MX playoffs. So is it a, is it a knockout tournament? So is it the five through 12 go and like the top two teams play or whatever? Like, how does that work out? So it like, it's very complicated, but I'll get, I'll get into that before. So knockout, it's going to be to one game. So Mm -hmm. they're going to knock each other obviously out. And then every game beyond that is going to be two legs. So quarterfinals, semifinals, and then the finals is going to be away and then home. So, for so there's example, eight teams that compete in that knockout stage. Four of those teams advance to play, and then so uh, in the quarterfinals. Yeah, so then it becomes eight. Makes sense. Um, Words then, are important and understanding. Like I know you said quarterfinals, so math, but, it, but it didn't register in my head. No, and I'm not. I don't excel in math, unfortunately. <laughs> which I headed into journalism, but so this year, for example, the final is set. The Clausura final is set for May 25th and then May 28th. And obviously the team that gets to the final, the one who had a better regular season record gets that second leg. So they would have the advantage at home to conclude the season. And obviously it's done on aggregate. Um, There are no away goals. So Mm -hmm. it becomes, there's like, doesn't count. The away goal rule is not a similar to now champions league where the away goal rule does not apply. Which is exactly so. It's definitely an interesting format. It does give way for that underdog to excel, as I said before. Club America dominated the entire 2022 Apertura mm-hmm. and headed into the um, headed into Liguilla and chaos. They defeated Cruz Azul, but they lost, so they didn't get to the finals. They got to the semifinals, which was unfortunate because Henry Martin scored an amazing goal in extra time that was then ruled offside. It was it was unreal. Um, but I don't want to get into it because. I'll get into it. <laughs> Um, so yes, 
overall in the entire league, there are 18 teams. And awesome. technically, there is promotion and relegation <laughs> with the Mexican second division, technically. So in 2020, the league decided to pause the promotion and relegation system until 2025 to promote um, financial stability. Basically what they wanted was for new owners or anyone to invest in these league I make these teams. But a lot of them were hesitant to say, okay, what if I invest? And then they get relegated right away. So they temporarily paused that in order to put more money into the league to thrive. But because of pausing that, they decided to give and reward the second division with something mm -hmm. else. So the team that ends in last place in a completely different table has to pay a fine and the money from that fine goes directly into that second division and their teams. So, so is this now, how do they determine, is this from each tournament? So if you finish an 18th in the Apertura, you have to pay money. And then if you finish an 18th in the Clausura, you have to pay money. That would make sense, which is exactly why you gotcha. decided uh, not to do it like that. Gotcha. Okay. So for that table, they take your average points per game from the past oh, three yes. years. Okay. Yep. Yep. Yeah. Years. You were explaining this to me before the show and I was very confused. Now it's making a little bit more sense. And so if after those three years, your points, your average of points per game is the lowest in the entire table, you have to pay a fine. If you pay that fine, your average resets completely. However, you still cannot manage the following year to end in last because if you do so, you have to pay that fine again. Did now, I for example, let's say on average, this is this is this is confusing. I we, I'm very it is. confused. It, it, it very truly confused, is, and I'm so sorry. So let's say Atlas, their average points per game of the last three years is one. Yes. Over Juarez, the last three years is one. Yep. Juarez, in, if they paid their um, fine before and their record is reset, has to manage more than one point per game in that calendar, in the following calendar year. If they don't manage gotcha. to Gotcha. So that, out of the 34 games, they have to get 34 or more points. If Atlas gets 30 points overall in one year, they have to manage 31 points. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Exactly. And then Atlas would have to pay that fine. And then again, the process. I feel like that's hard. I feel like that's like very like. It's complicated. It's. No, but I feel like that's like, I mean, just looking at the table from the Apertura, I feel like that's like, like one of the teams finished with nine points. Yes. So if you're, if you got to do a, that, that's hard. Like I feel, I feel like if you're in his last play, like that's difficult. <laughs> but the whole point is to obviously feel a consequence for ending up in last place when there's yeah, yeah. promotion and relegation. For sure. For sure. And I it think, you know, sense. it's, I don't, I don't think it's a terrible idea. I think, you know, maybe some of the rules could be ironed out, but I think especially with COVID and everything and how it has impacted these teams. And, you know, we know that, there's no Middle Eastern money, no oil money in these in these Mexican teams as there is in Premier League, right? So right. the Premier Leagues, a lot of these other teams in Europe and the bigger leagues have a lot of money backing them. So maybe it doesn't financially hurt those teams as much. 
Right. But teams like these League MX teams are going to get hurt by the lack of revenue and the lack of being able to have fans and lack of games and stuff like that. So when you're looking, and this is stepping away from the journalistic giving straightforward Mm -hmm. rules and going to speculation. When you're trying to attract investors into Liga Mekis, you have MLS who's a giant competitor yeah. miles away that doesn't have a relegation and promotion system, which yeah. would say to them, my money is safe going to these teams who will yeah. continue in this league constantly. So in a sense, I think they were just trying to protect their league and yeah. incite money to come in. But there's also been speculation that Liga Mekis will open up two more spaces in Liga Mekis to welcome the top two from the second division team and make it into a 20. So it's gotcha. But has it ever been 20 before? Has it always been 18? I believe as far as you can remember. Yeah. Okay. So that they would be what I remember before. Yeah. Maybe in like the 50s, it might have been different. Interesting. So I wonder. So that would mean that there would be 38 games in the 19 games in the Clausura and the Apertura. Yes. Also, um, this shorter tournament has been, it, it was a change, obviously, from yeah. the original Liga Mekis format. But, okay. Which I like. I like it. It's nice. Yeah, it's, a, I, it's a change of pace. It, it kind of, it's, it's different than everything else. It gives you a reason to watch. You know, I think sometimes with these leagues, it's like, you know, yes, you get different styles of play, different players and whatnot, but they're all basically the same, basically on the same format. MLS of court. Of course, is as playoffs, but yeah, Liga MX, Liga MX is. I feel like it, it's a nice. It's different. There's yeah. a lot of math. There's a lot of math going oh, on here. Math. We're um, not a math also- pod. Not a math pod. Yes, that's <laughs> how I feel right now. My just brain is to- fried. I'm not sure we're gonna be able to talk about anything else. Uh, just to confirm, I also just checked, and about 15 years ago, there was 20 teams, but there has gotcha. never been more than 20 teams. Okay. Um, so I just want to make the correction on my end there. And now we head into the Giants. The Giants, which I learned about today. Honestly, we talked about this earlier before the show. I was very surprised. But I actually learned about this before the uh, the podcast. Before I know, and I was so proud of him. Truly. Um, I almost got him all right. What? I almost got him all right. Yeah, you did. No, but I more credit because the other one that you mentioned has been growing. Yeah. Well, not a wild guess. Uh, there are four current Giants in the league um, considered Giants. Obviously, this isn't official, but because of their dominance in previous years and decades, it just has been this way for quite a little bit. Um, and those are Club America, Chivas de Guadalajara, Cruz Azul, and Pumas. So to kick off, obviously, Club America, they play in Mexico City at the Estadio Azteca, which we all know and love, and you should 100% visit if you haven't had the chance. I have not. They, they dominated in the 80s. Um, that was their strongest era and have since won 13 league titles, the most in the league. So wow. very exciting. And if we're talking about um, most known figures, obviously we have Guillermo Choa, Cuauhtémoc Blanco, um, Henry Martin currently, Sendefa's currently, Raul Jimenez also played there before heading off to Europe. So some of the greatest figures do come from Club America. Not bragging or anything. <laughs> um, 
It's okay. It's okay. I, 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 spoiler, I will not be rooting for Club America. In, Shocking decision um, that he didn't want to follow in my footsteps, but I just didn't want to root for a team that is always the best. I don't want, I don't, yeah, it must get tiring having fun me. all the time. I don't know. I need pain. Like, I need, <laughs> you need pain. pain. As like, an Everton fan, you would like, it's 100%. Part of, it's the part of sports. You need pain in sports. You can't just win everything. That's not how it works. <laughs> You absolutely can't. Um, and talking about people who know about losing, Chivas de Guadalajara, <laughs> arrival of Club America. Interesting they, you say that after they made it to the final of the biggest tournament in the history of sports. Yeah. I'm not saying that for any specific Mexico, reason. Yeah, it is a, no, it's a very big yeah. tournament, trust me. I've read huge, up a lot on it. <laughs> Bigger than the Carabao Cup. Love <laughs> Um, they are known kind of as Mexico's team. They have a rule that they're only allowed to play with Mexican players. So not technically, um, they don't have foreigners, which all the rules that we'll get into of, about rosters mm-hmm. and all that do not apply technically to Chivas de Guadalajara, only play with Mexicans, which can make things complicated, but that's what they do. That's what their heritage is. And that's why they're doted Mexican. Very interesting. Very um, different. Yeah. Kind of antiquated. But Limits you to, you know, it, it a does. certain group of players. But, I mean, hey, they're making it work. So. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, they have 12 lead titles overall. And they truly dominated in the 50s and 60s. Mm-hmm. So, I believe it was 1952 to... 1966 um, was their strongest era. Mm-hmm. And obviously they have since won a couple titles, but that was when it was just back-to-back, truly. Um, and some of their figures obviously are Mexican national teams, Alexis Vega. They had Chicharito in the past. So quite a few figures, obviously all Mexican because they have to. Then you have Cruz Azul. Cruz Azul. Cruz Azul who plays in Mexico City. They have nine league titles, um, dominated in the 70s. They have a phrase for Cruz Azul. It's a beautiful phrase. Beautiful phrase, which means to Cruz Azul, which means to almost get there and then somehow mess it up. So while they do have nine league titles, they lead the league with the runner-up position. They've been runner-ups 11 times. They've managed to really, really mess it up. So I have a question now that we're talking about league titles. How how would you now in the current format describe a league title? Is that winning the... Winning a short tournament. Short tournament. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, so if you win the Apertura, you're winning a league title. You're a league title. Okay, gotcha. And then if you win... Um, the campeon de campeones, that's a completely separate trophy then yeah. created following the short um, tournament format. So yeah. it would still be then league titles. Because though in a shorter format, you're still technically doing the same thing that you were in the longer format. Mm-hmm. Um, so it counts. It remained the same. Um, and last but not least, we have Pumas, who plays also in Mexico City, which says, I guess, a lot about the demographic of the country. Yes. But so they, it's, cons- it is controversial whether they're considered um, a giant in today's age, but 
they did become the first back-to-back champions of this shorter format, shorter tournament format, mm-hmm. which is great. They are linked to the UNAM, which is a university in Mexico, one of the largest. Wow. And why are they linked to them? Like, how does that? It's like, like the university's team. So. So how does it? This is so weird. Yeah, it, it's a professional team, but it's owned by the university. It's like. like Duke University having like a yeah. football team in yeah. the NFL. Yes. That's so weird. It very. <laughs> <laughs> I am how not big is this? Do you know how big the university is? What? How, do you know how big the university is? Like how many students are there? Um, like, is I it like don't a know, massive but I do want to say university? It is, um, it is one of the country's pride and joys because it's also a public university. Interesting. Yeah. It's like, actually gonna check how many students they have. There's literally Alabama being in the NFL. Like total everybody. enrollment as of 2014. I don't know how reliable, but um, total enrollment was 342,500. What? Though not on one campus. Yeah, naturally, but do, do they have any other like big universities in Mexico, or is this like the main one that everybody goes to? Well, there's is it a like lot, there's like, a lot of universities, but there's a lot of private universities gotcha. as well. So it becomes this is like of, one of the only public ones, like one of the best. I want to say okay. kind of like University of Michigan, where you're like pro, like, but it's yeah, but like, even University of Michigan, I think only has sixty thousand kids. No, no, no. But I mean, like, it's like an esteemed. Yeah, yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah, you know what I mean. Um, yes, we're getting off track here. I just really yeah, am very amazed by the fact that there's 305. And again, I mean. But I don't know how accurate that is. It's truly a number that just popped up. Um, <laughs> and look into it. I can go. I, it's got to be somewhat close, right? I mean, it is a big school. That's pretty crazy. Um, so they own the football team. <laughs> yeah, so it's linked to that university. Um, so it's Pumas Unam. Gotcha. The Pumas of that university. So it's fun. And it's great. So those are the four giants, but we obviously have more teams dominating now in the league. You have Rayas de Monterrey. You also have Tigres. Um, a lot of up and coming teams that didn't necessarily dominate in previous yeah. decades to be considered um, a giant or a historical giant. And of course, I would imagine the change in format has allowed for more teams to become more prominent in the league. Correct. Yes. Um, Pumas, for example, this last tournament did not even qualify to playoffs. So it was a highly contested season, controversial, definitely a downward spiral from their end. But the magic of the shorter tournament is that they head into 2023 with the possibility of a title, as they all do. Some more than others. Some more than others. Some more than others. And yes, we will see Dani Alves back this season as well. Um, There we go. His contract really was for the entire year, so there wasn't contractual speculation. Yeah. Um, though rumors did pop up after they ended the season so terribly that he would give it up. It sound like he's sticking around, like not even just past this year, maybe even for another year after that too. It does. It sounded like he was he was pretty, you know, he's pretty comfortable where he is, and you know, it's been a tough time for Pumas, I'm sure, as they've. You yeah. what they said finished eleventh in the Clausura the season before and sixteenth in Apertura, so it's uh it's not great. It's been a tough time. Yeah, not great. Not great. But. Yeah, definitely not great. Um, 
And then to close off this fun little section before we get to Gino's wonderful questions. Gino's um, questions. Gino's questions. I wanted to point out some very interesting Liga Mickey's rules. Now that last episode, for those who remember, brought up some wacky rules that were not <laughs> well explained at the moment. Um, so roster rules at the moment, um, Mexican teams can only register 10 non it, the wording is important. So it's non players, not formed in Mexico. So technically they can't say foreigners because yeah. there are players who after living in Mexico for five years will obtain that Mexican passport and then be considered Mexican completely. Gotcha. So that does not qualify into this rule. This rule pertains to those who didn't were not formed in a Liga MX Academy. So Santi Jimenez, for example, is a great example of this because he was born in Argentina, moved to Mexico. He became a naturalized Mexican citizen at, I believe it was the age of three or four, but he was completely formed in Cruz Azul's academy. Yeah. So he wouldn't be considered one of these 10 players for the team because he was formed completely. Mm -hmm. um, Rogelio Funes Mori, for example, from Rayo de Monterrey, um, is a Mexican citizen. And we know because he plays with the Mexican national team, but would be listed under this rule with his team because he wasn't formed in an academy. Yes. So it truly became... It's similar to the homegrown players type of thing where it's like... Yeah. For example, like in England, where it's like, you know, you can be Scottish, but homegrown in, in, in you know, an Everton Academy, for example, yeah. or whatever. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So this rule was peculiar just because they truly couldn't say. Um, you couldn't foreigners. say like, yeah, yeah. They label it as foreigners because yeah. legally and under the Mexican um, constitution, those who receive a Mexican passport are Mexican. For sure. Yeah. By law. Yeah. So that they would, it became a whole thing. Um, but on the field, so on the roster, it's no more than 10. Mm -hmm. And then on the field, it can't be more than eight at a, at a particular time. Yes. So, um, Which is I, better than what we thought it was. <laughs> yeah. Um, these rules are changing though. Yeah. Um, in 2019, they changed the rule and, and um, it was actually a proposition by Tata Martino at the time to lower that um, number from eight or nine at that time to seven. Yeah. And this rule basically works to promote the development of Mexican soccer so that you have more local players on the field, obviously, instead of having just 11 yeah. foreigners, for example. Um, but yeah. Makes sense. Promote. I mean, that's, that's good. Um, we have a, we do have a, we, we do have a, a question here um, from, from a listener. There's a question on who the best Mexican team to win the CONCACAF Champions League on paper is. Oh, that's a good question. Um, I mean, I'll say Club America. Just because is there of... a specific team that was like a Club America team, though, that stands out above the rest? Is there like a squad that was just phenomenal? Like There that just was, had... but it wasn't the same one to win the CONCACAF Champions League. <laughs> well, there you go. Um, um, I would actually like to defer this question to later. Okay. I will answer it, but I have to track back in my memory because okay, there's just so many. We'll, we'll defer. He we'll has defer. dominated for so long in the CONCACAF Champions League until just this year that Seattle yes. won. So 
just too much to choose from, you know? All right. All right. Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, but are we heading to Gino's questions? Yes, I have a bunch of questions. I have a bunch of questions. Um, so these are questions from... Now, I watched a, a bunch of the games. I did watch okay. a bunch of the games. I did not watch the kind of... I watched a bunch of games in the front end of the tournament, and I watched a bunch of games in the back end of the tournament. Mm-hmm. Um, so these are a lot of from a lot of my comments from, I guess, the, the first half of games okay. similarly I, well at least since we talked I, I think these were all from round three of this okay. um i just okay. i would like to say before anything that i feel bad for carlos acevedo because yes, i watching this shiva santos laguna game which is the first game that i was watching of round three um he literally was just like a pinball with the ball bouncing off of him trying to save things so i feel bad for him and on that same note Shivas won that game for nothing, but there was a player. I mean, obviously they, they scored two goals and then the third goal came from a player whose last name is Ormeño. I think it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, he was given a lot of hugs yes. at the end of this, uh, after his first goal, he scored a second goal too, but specifically after the first goal against Santos Laguna, mm-hmm. like he was given, like, it just seemed like everybody's yes. very happy for him, yes. which was nice and great. The team it, is. Yes. It seemed like he had scored his first goal ever. That's how happy it was. Like one of those things where like somebody hadn't scored in like 200 appearances and the, everybody's really happy. But is that the case? Is there a reason for that? There is actually. So okay. as explained before, obviously Chivas have this Mexicans only um, policy. Mm-hmm. And though technically Ormeño is Mexican because he has a Mexican passport. He plays and is registered under the Peruvian national team. Oh. He's a dual nat player. Very interesting. So though he technically is, there was a lot of controversy surrounding his, yeah. his arrival to the team because mm-hmm. some questioned his uh, like true Mexicanism, I guess. Yeah, yeah. So that became a huge talking point. And then beyond that, on the field, he really wasn't delivering. So you had the controversy. So you had one end of, you know, people being like, well, he's not really Mexican. And then the other end of people being like, and he doesn't score goals. So why, what is he doing here? Yeah. Yeah. He, he really wasn't um, well received among the fan base and the supporter groups. So, so a that, wide variety of the Shiva supporters group support the only Mexicans. Yeah, it becomes a topic of patriotism, really. Gotcha. It's kind okay. of like supporting the Mexican national team. They linked that up with Chivas and it became, again, Mexican, like Mexico's team. Gotcha. So that's where they connected with. Um, and because of their policy, for example, while you have like people from Torreón, Mm-hmm. rooting for Santos Laguna, you really have people from all ends of Mexico re- like really rooting for Chivas because of that policy. Yes. So it's their way to attract support from the country. Um, but yeah, it became, his arrival became quite controversial, kind of not well. Well, I feel good for him now. Good for him. Yeah, so I, I'm sure. He scored two goals on, in that game. A I'm meaningless sure game. his teammates was like, uh, we support you. We're very happy yeah. for you your scoring type of thing okay well that's good i'm happy i'm happy to hear that well good for him um 
And uh, that's a good explanation. I appreciate that. We're going to move on to the next game because we'll just go through the games and then I have some League MX-related questions. But the next game I watched was Pumas versus Nekaxa. Love Nekaxa. So we'll start from the very beginning of the game. I did like the fact that Pumas coach was hugging all his players before the game. I thought that was very nice. I like that. I like that. But also what happened in the beginning of the game what I thought was the national anthem was not the national anthem. Okay. Pumas was singing a, an anthem by Wait, themselves. Right. I yeah. thought it was the national anthem at first, and then I saw them by themselves. What was that? Like, what is that? So that's the university's anthem. Gotcha. So the university has an anthem. So it's a university fight song, essentially. Yes, basically. Gotcha. So okay. they have an anthem overall, and then at the end, it ends with this like small cheer. Okay. And that cheer is obviously adopted in like smaller versions and sung independently mm-hmm. throughout the game and um, beyond that. But yes, what you heard was the fight song or anthem of the gotcha. university. Gotcha. So uh, now I have a question. Do a lot yes. of like they have a student discount maybe to go to Pumas games? <laughs> like they got it, right? No. <laughs> Do you think they would? Like, come on. They, no. I would. That's I. I don't know. I feel like Pumas can make a lot of money on the student discounts. All right. No, I'll ask them next time. Yeah, on, please, I'm reporting please let them know about this. If, if anybody from the Pumas front office is listening to me, student discounts seems like an option. Seems like it should be the something. Way to that, go. Yeah. No, yeah. I mean, you got to do something for the students. I mean, get them in well, the stands. I mean, they're so close to campus. They could, they could just go and watch. Yeah. But like, I don't know if I could pay $15. For no, 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 I'll pay for that. Yeah. yeah no, no. Come on. The student no, discounts no, no. all over the place. I know we love that. Help the kids. Help the um, kids. And then the other thing from that game was I, I, I wrote this down as this is exactly the words that I put here. Pumas almost committed the dumbest play in history to lose this game, heading the ball back to the goalie and off the post. Somehow, Nakaksa did not score. I, I don't know how the goalie was not paying attention and the center back just headed the ball back in his direction. And if it was anywhere further to the left, I think it was. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would have been in the back of the net as an old goal. It was like the 93rd minute and I was like losing my mind. So that was a note that I felt was important. And then the next game, I actually kind of really enjoyed this one from what I remember. Okay. The Atlas Mazatlan game. Mazatlan. Mm. I, I enjoyed that. Um, except for the first about five to 10 minutes. Okay. Um, watching yeah. Atlas play out of the back the first five, 10 minutes made me want to put my eyes out. Um, so there, there was, they were really good in transition, but once they got on the defensive side of things, they they were really really bad for the first ten minutes, but yeah. um and, and Mazatlan was playing a press, so it, that played into it a little bit. But still, it was it was hard to watch. But um on the attack, they had a bunch of really good attempts. Atlas uh, number thirty three, um, Quinones is mm-hmm. one of my favorite players in the league. MX Love. already because he seemed to be involved in everything. He yeah, was a lot of fun to watch. He was a lot of fun Absolutely. on the ball. Uh, he scored a ridiculous goal in this game, like a, just a like unreal goal. Um, I just put what a stunner from 33 because I didn't know his name at the time. So um, that's what I have here. But I, I did like what he was doing. So he'll be a player that I will watch out for because I really liked him. And then my other um, notes from I watched some of the highlights, of course, from the other games. Toluca's goalkeeper seems very good. Is that a fair? Yeah. Yeah. He seemed to save everything. So. Yeah, he yeah he became a definite talking point throughout the Liga last season. Yeah. Um, he's great, a little pretentious, 
which is okay. annoying. But okay. yeah, I, I mean, I guess I can get that. Get... Personality, but um, good yeah. game or so, good player. Yeah, so no, good player, good player, good player, good player. Good gotcha, player. good player. Um, and then um, I did. I love the atmosphere. The atmosphere at the Cruz Azul Club America game was phenomenal. Thought that was a lot of fun. Even just from the highlights, you can tell how fun it was from there. And then I wrote down Antuna and Rotondi up top for Cruz Azul. That link up is fire, which is going to make me really disappointed if he if Antuna now goes to Greece. Yes. So um, for those please stay. <laughs> there's um, there's an offer from a Greek team over, obviously at the Greek um, yeah. Super League for Uriel Antuna. Um, they have it's. Starts with a P. I really, truly don't know how to pronounce it. Um, but we have it at... Oh, um, it's uh, Pantheakos or something like that. Yeah, it, I don't it, know how to pronounce it. Yeah. And I really don't want to butcher. <laughs> but they have since um, reportedly put in a second offer for him. Oh. So it would definitely be interesting to see. Ruining everything. Everything. They ruin everything. Everything. Everything, for sure. Well, all right. That's my notes from the games. I did have some more questions. Oh, um boy. So it was Cruz Azul. Cruz Azul did end up winning this friendly tournament. They did. Were they expected? Were they like one of the main contenders to win this tournament? Not really. I don't think there were any contenders. Truly, gotcha. I think it's just kind of like a toss up every time. Just because it was a friendly tournament, and then gotcha. you had a lot of people missing because mm-hmm. of the World Cup, and they were on vacation, and so gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. no roster. Like there was rarely a starting eleven that would then be applied to Liga Mekis regular season. Gotcha. So, and then there was there was a game between Mazatlan Mazatlan and Santos Laguna, which had no fans in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So the thing is, it wasn't it wasn't played in everyone's home stadiums. Gotcha. So I believe that game was played. But like, on, there wasn't a single fan there. Like, you'd think there'd be some fans. Not really. It, really, that's kind of surprising. Being a friendly and being away, um, I believe it was in Guadalajara which is far away from like both where both of them play. So it made no sense for away for away teams. Everyone's on vacation. Um, But yeah. All right. Let's do some quick fire ones here about the actual league that I have. Before we get into that, I do want to point out because this is um, it it relates this upcoming season. You will see absolutely no fans at get it that home games and at last home games. No fans are allowed. So there is an incident between the fan bases on March 5th, 2022. Um, It was, I believe, oh, so no, I'm sorry. There was only Querétaro doesn't have home fans because it was at their stadium. Atlas has home, um, home fans. But on March 5th, 2022, there's an incident between the fan bases that Ended up in some pretty gory images. And was this this like massive brawl in the stands where people like were climbing out of the stands? Mm-hmm. And okay, yeah, yeah, I know exactly what you're talking about. Okay, that, yeah. that makes sense. So, and um, there was a huge controversy with the amount of security that Gretaro provided. Gotcha. And gotcha. that entire situation was truly mishandled by the team and the security that they employed. So gotcha. they banned fans from that stadium for three Makes years. Um, so you will see absolutely no fans there, but kind of going ahead of that question, which I'm sure we would tackle in another podcast episode. Yes, we would. That, we would. that they banned fans for three years. So gotcha. it still applies. Um, and sense. then three years would technically 
means six tournaments because it. Yeah, because yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So um, it'll be three calendar years essentially. Yeah, three calendar years, six tournaments. Yeah, but yeah, so it applies for um, next season, which is interesting. That's why no fans on that. Um, but no, Uh, that would have been a question I definitely would have had. So, but the Um, previous Nasatlan game had nothing to do with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gotcha. Um, all right. So yeah. So the quick fire questions: Is there a team that every single fan base hates in Liga MX? Yes, Club America, and the slogan. Informal slogan is "Odiame más." Hate me more. Yes. Okay. Cool. Odiame más. Yes. <laughs> I will hate you more. Um. Okay. How bad are defenses in the league? I wrote this because I was watching the highlights. It just feels that the defenses are letting up a lot of wide open shots, some like weird deflections. Like goalkeepers are letting in goals that are like from like the end line. Like, what's the deal there? Is this just friendly stuff, or is this yeah. something I should expect to see? Okay. No, it's definitely friendly stuff. Um, you have teams adjusting, teams missing. Um, I didn't know if that played into the chaos of the league. MX. There definitely is chaos, and I think defensively, there it will play into it. But yes. at you, some point, as every league does, but it felt like more does. than normal in this tournament. <laughs> exactly, but it's not a it's not a predominant characteristic yeah. of league makers to have this gotcha. sort of situation. Like, for example, Rayo's. Um, they they play well. Um, yeah. So yeah, it's okay. A whole thing, but yeah. Um, best fan base in League MX. Um, here's the thing. There's there's a lot, but I would say at the moment, because of the passion and involvement and constant participation, mm-hmm. I would say Tigres. I mean, okay. that stadium is filled almost absolutely every game to the tip top. Um. Their well chants are phenomenal. Their involvement with the team is is constantly great. And from what I've heard, there's there's low amounts of negative aspects to the fan bases. So not okay. as problematic as some of the it's others. It's a shame I don't like their team. Like the players. Yeah, I know you truly hate them. I don't I don't. I just I don't yeah. like them. But I prayers up for Guignac. I, I saw he got injured. Oh, he's well. fine now, yeah. But he looks good. like he's fine, so that's good. Yeah. Because it looked like a weird situation. He got hit in the back of the head with the ball and then started vomiting on the sidelines. It was it was definitely a weird one. Um, best rivalry in Liga MX. So I think from history, you would have Chivas America. They historically are just considered the most or the biggest rivalry. But you yeah. also have Tigres versus Monterrey because they're, they play in the same area. It's called, mm-hmm. when they meet up, it's called the Clásico Regio. Um, which gets extremely intense, like very intense. We like that. We like intense. Two oh, points. Yeah. So <laughs> that's points. definitely a game to look forward to. And then okay. if you have players just like switching um, teams from one to another, they, the fans are just not happy. They're not welcome. It's, it's, we love a rivalry though. We, no, we do. We, we do. Rivalry. We love rivalries. We love rivalries. Again, to a point, we want to make sure that everybody is, uh, you know, Keeping we have a healthy, yeah, a safe, a healthy, safe rivalry, but, healthy, but that one truly rivalry. is yes. um, um, not problematic. And then the final question, the game this season that's most like Liverpool City, obviously like a lot of fans mark Liverpool City on their calendar because that's supposed to be the best game yeah. of the season at this current moment. That's like the one everybody looks forward to. Obviously things change and this season, you know, Arsenal playing Newcastle today, I think it is, is, is a top game, you know, like that's, a game everybody's looking forward to where Arsenal versus City is, is going to be a very big game. So yeah. 
Um, um, is there a game like that in the League MX where we should mark our calendars and say, March 25th, these two teams are playing and you should make sure you watch it? So there are games that you should mark your calendars for. And we... But actually, is there... Of course, there's going to be some that are like right, really But in ones. this sense, not particularly. I think the magic of Liga MX is the fact that there's so much chaos and who will be able to dominate next season. Okay. So there's not that predominant money-driven team that just excels completely. Um, and we saw it with Club America as well. Like they are considered one of the teams with the most money. Obviously, they yeah. are owned by Televisa, so there's constant fluctuation of cash there. But even so, you have them playing in Liguilla and losing and not even reaching the final. So um, there are fun games. Obviously, we, we did uh, games to watch out for, which comes in the Clásico, Clásico yeah. Regio, um, Chivas América, which is always fun to watch. But yeah, because of the short tournaments and because of Liga MX's format, it really gives way for any team to dominate that particular cycle. Which is a good thing. That's a good thing. But uh, give us a couple games to watch out for this season that aren't your typical couple games. Like, is um, there like, you know, like maybe like a mid-table game that's like really like going to be a good Honestly, one. I want to watch Toluca face Pachuca again. Okay. I think a if- rematch. Yeah, Chambriz, the head coach of the Luga, really did a good job um, during the league yeah, to lead his team to mm-hmm. glory. It's, it's not necessarily because he has a star-studded team. I just yeah. genuinely see he's a great coach. Um, and it doesn't look like Pachuca's team was taken completely apart. Um, mm. From what I've heard, the deal between Luis Chavez and Bayer Leverkusen has since fall. It, it just fell through. So right. it looks like he's going to be staying on with Pachuca. So that's the Tusos are going to be exciting to watch. And yeah, just that rematch of the final, which was so fun to watch. Yeah. I think it's going to be great. And then obviously the classics. Um, yeah. The, yeah. Also, I like Toluca. Toluca's. Say it again. Santos Laguna versus America. Okay. I have a soft spot for Santos Laguna. So watching okay. them against Club America is always fun. Yeah, no, I, I I like Toluca. I like the way they they play. That was that they're they're a fun team to watch too. I don't know. There's there's some fun teams that that are out there. Um, I think, I think for the time being, right now, he's gonna reveal. You're gonna reveal. Okay. I, I think I have to reveal. I think we'll reveal it right now, right? Because we're coming to the end of this. I think at the time being, right now, I am going to be a Cruz Azul fan. Love that. That for is you. where I'm gonna be right now. I think I need the season to confirm because at least the Klaus Soto to confirm because I need to watch more of these teams in a more competitive setting and understand some of their styles of play. But at this current time, I am going to be a Cruzul fan and I really can't foresee myself not being that. I, I, there's just an attachment for me. I mean, they're mid table, you know, they're, they're not a team that's been, their team has been kind of struggling a little bit more than they have in, you know, in past times, they have the same amount of league titles as Everton does, as everybody knows. Same my colors, favorite team yeah. who are currently getting their, butts whooped after i turned the game off so that's good that i didn't watch that um uh but yeah i think they have same there obviously ramiro funes more used to play for everton now he plays for cruz azul there's a lot of connections i like the uniforms i like the team One i the don't same. like the fact that urio lantuna is gonna be leaving so quickly into my Possibly. fandom potentially saying potentially saying but at the same time i've now won more trophies as a cruz azul fan in the five minutes that i've been a cruz azul fan than i have 
in the 10, 15 years that I've been an Everton fan. So hope is rising. We're okay. on the rise. But I am a Cruz Azul fan. La Makina all the way. We are tournament champions of the biggest tournament in biggest the world. Tournament. In the world. I would like that on record. Uh, so it's going to be, honestly, it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm very much looking forward to it. Friday is going to be a lot of fun. I'm excited to get into a new league, excited to watch different things develop here. So it's, uh, it's going to be good. It's going to be so much fun. We have obviously Liga Mekis and then CONCACAF Champions League. And then, yeah, just going back to that question really quickly. Obviously we know Monterrey and Pachuca have won in the past, but yeah, in terms of squad, I'm not necessarily remembering the players but i think from past experience club america was always the most fun team to watch yeah. in that tournament so hopefully they win the clausura and they qualify to 2023 but a lot of north american football this year we have also the newly formatted um leaks cup coming in the summer very excited so we'll see that we'll see concap champions league mls liga mx this was so much fun. I love, love. There's love just today. so much going on. There's so There's like literally so much going on, and it's it's just excuse me. It's just okay. there's it just feels like there's just going to be so much football here in in the North America, and we're going to cover it. We're going to try to do our best to get yeah, you everything, reactions to everything, opinions on everything, because. I mean, we're, it's going to be a lot of fun. I mean, from now all the way through what? Probably next November. Well, really, by the time next November rolls around, Liga Mekis will be in the Apertura. So yeah. for the entire year, 2023, <laughs> we are year. going to cover all the soccer. And it's going yep. to be cool. And I'm so excited you're getting into Liga Mekis. Um, yes. I, I, I should warn you and share with you that Liga Mekis Twitter is hilarious. Okay. So. Cool. I'm excited for you to get into that. Yeah, I mean, if you're a League we'll Mekis fan watching this, follow me. Let me know what I should be doing or yeah. what I should be watching. Hit me up if you have anything that I missed. <laughs> Keep it on our radar. Keep it on the Questions. radar. Questions. Of course. Um, if you hate me now because I'm a Cruz Azul fan, let me know. Okay, that that's starting strong. I might start a Cruz Azul fandom, fan club on Long Island. Love I, it's that. There will be, a bunch of us, be right? like one. It'll but- be me. Love that. Um, so yeah, next week we will be covering obviously all Liga Mickey's, um action this weekend. And we'll also head into transfer season at oh. MLS, U.S. men's national team, U.S. women's national team news and the January camps, obviously. And also the Liga Mickey's transfer news because there's still things January camps on. too. Oh my God. So lots to discover and cover next week episode but for now thank you so much for listening and if you liked it like and subscribe to youtube and the rest thanks so much hello love you guys (laughs) bye without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running everything would suddenly stop hospitals factories schools and power plants they all depend on you no matter the weather emergency or time of day you're the ones who get it done at Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.